Scripture reading this morning is from Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, we begin to read at verse 8, and we read through to verse 19. Hebrews 11, 8 to 19. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep His promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All these people died, still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for a, the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Amen, and may the Lord add His blessing to this portion of His Word this morning. People were touring a mint where coins are made, and they were shown into the smelting area. And as they stood beside the cauldrons filled with molten metal, the guide said this, if, that if someone dipped their hand in water and then had some of the hot molten metal poured over their hand, they wouldn't be injured or feel any pain. He picked out one couple in the group, and he invited them to prove the accuracy of his statement. Very quickly, the husband said, thanks, but no thanks. I'll take your word for it. But to his surprise, his wife replied, yes, I'll give it a try. She plunged her hand into a bucket of water, and then as the hot molten metal was poured over her hand, the people watched the liquid rolling off her hand uh, harmlessly, and her hand not being harmed at all. And turning to her husband, the guide said, Sir, you claim to believe what I said, but your wife truly trusted. You claim to believe your wife 
truly trusted. There is a difference between belief and faith. There are a great many people in our world today who have a kind of belief in a supreme being, in a power, in a God somewhere out there. But far, far fewer have a living faith in the God who has revealed Himself in the written Word and in the incarnate Word, Jesus, who have a living faith in God Himself. The difference between belief and faith. As we continue just looking in the Sundays I'm with you at Hebrews 11 and at the great heroes of faith, we arrive at this man, Abraham, and his life shows us the faith of enterprise. He not only believed, but he exercised faith. Someone said, belief is the acceptance of the map. Faith is taking the voyage, and Abraham took the voyage. He made the journey. He believed, but he, he actually had faith to follow through on that which he believed. Now, as far as the Jews were concerned, Abraham stood next in stature to Moses. And when you read the Apostle Paul, uh, you, you read Paul speaking in Romans 4.11 of Abraham as the spiritual father of those who have faith. The spiritual father of those who have faith. Abraham teaches us about what faith is all about, not just belief, but acting on that belief and following it through. In the Old Testament, God calls him Abraham, my friend. I think that's beautiful. Abraham, my friend. Wouldn't it be lovely, God, saying that about us? And of course, if we are exercising, saving faith in Him through Jesus, that's exactly what He is saying, because we are His friends through Jesus. Abraham, my friend, and He teaches us about faith. In Romans chapter 4, verses 20 to 22, we read, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promised, and because of Abram's faith, God counted him as righteous. Abram's faith was active and dynamic. His was the faith of enterprise, a faith that dared to believe and take God at His Word. And this is the kind of faith that you and I need to have today. People need to see that we have biblical faith, 
faith that has muscle and nerve, faith that is definite and daring because it's confidently founded upon concrete realities so that when the storms of life buffet us, then this faith sustains us and brings us safely through the storm. The writer to Hebrews draws our attention to four qualities that made Abram's faith an enterprising faith, dynamic, muscular faith that really demonstrates itself. First of all, it's an enterprising faith because his was a responsive faith. In Hebrews 11 and verse 8, we read, it was by faith that Abram obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as, in, as his inheritance. And he went without knowing where he was going. Abram's response to God's call is absolutely astonishing when you consider the context. The context that we see in Scripture is this, that after the flood and all the generations after the flood, people drifted away from God just as they had drifted away from God before the flood. And when we come to Abraham's day, we discover that there isn't really any living faith in God recorded in the Scripture at that time by anyone. In fact, Abraham grew up in a household that worshipped the sun god. And yet, God reached out to this man, and God revealed Himself to Abraham. We don't know exactly how He did it, but He did it in such a way that Abraham was convinced that God had spoken to him. God had revealed Himself to him. In Joshua 24, 2, we read, Long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, worshipped other gods. But I took your ancestor Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him into the land of Canaan. This man who had no knowledge of God, God intervened in his life. God revealed Himself to him. God called him, and it was a very specific call to get up, to get out, and to go. Now, each of us needs to hear that same call before we can really know God and experience His salvation. We don't, we may have a belief in some kind of God, but we only get to know God personally and intimately when God reveals Himself to us and speaks into our lives and invites us to come and to follow Him, to come to faith and to come to obedience and to spend our lives with Him. And that is grace. That's grace. God reached out to Abraham, a pagan man, and revealed Himself to him. And what Abraham knew about God? Not much. Only that which he had been able to discern 
as it were, from afar. And God revealed himself to him, and God spoke to him, and God saved him. And Paul says in Ephesians 2.8, God saved you by His grace when you believed. You can't take credit for it. It's a gift from God. Salvation's not a reward for the good things you've done, so none of us can boast about it. It's God revealing Himself to us in Jesus Christ and us glimpsing Him by faith and responding in faith to follow and serve Him. John Calvin said this, when first even the least drop of faith is instilled in our minds, we begin to contemplate God's face, peaceful and calm and gracious towards us. We see Him afar off, but so clearly as to know we are not at all deceived. And Abraham saw God afar off and heard His call but he saw him with a clarity that enabled him to know he was not being deceived. This really was God that was speaking to him and calling him to leave. Genesis 12, 1 and 4, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family and go to the land I will show you. So Abraham departed. He got up, and he went. Incredible faith to act on this revelation of God to himself. <clears throat> now, you may not fully know who God is, or what God is like, or how God acts within the world. But if God in His grace reveals enough of Himself to you, my question is, do you have the responsive faith that Abraham had? You see, Abraham really didn't know much about this God, but he knew enough to say yes to Him. You don't need to know everything about God before believing and entrusting your life to Him. What did Abraham know about God? Very little, but enough by faith to follow Him and to obey. What did the dying thief know about God's love and Jesus? hanging next to him on the cross, very little, but just enough for faith to come to him. As a young teenager, what did I know about God, having been brought up in an unchurched home and family? What did I know about God till God revealed himself to me just enough, distant, but just enough for me to know he was there and come to faith in Him. And that's all you need. A revelation of God that is just enough, not knowing all the answers, perhaps in fact not knowing very much at all, but just enough to, to say yes 
to his call. The faith of enterprise is a responsive faith. Secondly, it's a sacrificial faith. Hebrews 11 and verse 9, even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. He was like a foreigner living in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abram was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Abraham believed God. Abraham believed in God's promises. He had faith in God and faith in God's promises. And that meant that Abram was willing to give up all that the world could offer him at that time for things that God promised he would have at some point in the future. So, he gave up the advantages of the present worldly life for the spiritual advantages of that which God promised he would, be ha he would have in the future. He gave up a settled, comfortable life for the uncomfortable life of a nomadic existence. He gave up his house for a tent. He gave up his ordered, predictable life for a life of uncertainty and unexpected challenges. He gave up the security and support of his extended family for a, lo for a lonely journey to an unknown place that God promised to give him. He gave up short-term advantage for long-term promises. He gave up all that the world valued so that he might have what God promised to him, a sacrificial faith. And to the, to the surrounding world, it must have seemed, seemed as if Abraham had gone loopy. I mean, he must have appeared loopy to these folks, but Abraham knew he hadn't lost his mind. He'd just found it <laughs> because he had come to find God and to know Him. And it says that Abraham's eyes were fixed on his ultimate destination. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It's no different for us who follow, uh, hear the call to follow Jesus today. We can't start out in the journey without sacrifice. We need to separate ourselves from the idols that have captivated us and controlled our desires and our ambitions. If we are to gain all that Jesus promises us, we have to sur surrender our commitment to what the world offers us in the short term for what He promises to give us in the longer term. He says in Matthew 6, 19, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there the desires of your heart will also be. So, setting out on faith's journey means putting Jesus first before even the closest of earthly ties. If you want to be my disciple, said Jesus in Luke 14, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and mother 
wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Responding to God's call involves sacrifice. It involved sacrifice for Abraham. It involves sacrifice for you and for me if we want to respond to that call. A responsive faith, but uh, a sacrificial faith and as it says of Abraham, he was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. So, is heaven on your horizon? Is it? Is heaven on your horizon? Are you looking forward to what God has promised? The fulfillment of faith. Abraham was looking for a city whose foundations were made by God. A responsive faith and a sacrificial faith. Also, his faith of enterprise was because his faith was a confident faith. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and too old. She believed God would keep His promise, and so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. The promise of a nation, the promise of a family, and a people that would arise from that, and the promise comes with different dimensions to it to Abraham. Genesis 12, 7, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. In other words, yes, you will have descendants. This land is yours. I'm giving it to your descendants. So, we see the promise of the land. And God led Abraham to Canaan. The promise that this was going to be the land for his descendants. R.T. Kendall says this, there was no welcoming committee sponsored by the Canaanites with signs displayed, Welcome, Abraham, to the land of promise. There were no bands playing, no choir singing, Is not this the land of Beulah? The Lord Mayor wasn't there to give Abraham the key to the city. Abraham might have asked, Is this all there is? And God would have confirmed in Abram's spirit, this is it, this is it. By faith, Abram lived in the land God pro had promised, but not yet delivered. And he must have looked around at the inhabitants and wondered, how is God going to deliver this land to my descendants? Yet, he was sure God would do it. The promise is confirmed in Genesis 17, 8. I will give the entire land of Canaan, where you now live as a foreigner, to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever, and I will be their God. And so there he was, by this time, an old man, an old childless man, <laughs> And God's confirming, yes, to your descendants, I'm giving this land. It's all yours. 
By faith, Abraham believed it, the promise of the land and also the promise of a son. And the promise of the son seemed just as far away from being fulfilled as the promise of the land. But with the passing of the years, God reinforced that promise over and over again. Genesis 13, 6, I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Genesis 15, 4, you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the skies and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you'll have. Abraham, it says, believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Do you have that kind of confident faith that when God promises to do something for you in your life, He will do it? Do you believe? Do you have faith in the God who is able to do more than all we can ask or imagine through His great power that is at work within us through Jesus Christ our Lord, as Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians. His mighty power is able to fulfill His amazing promises so that all that He has said He will do, He does. Faith of enterprise is a faith that's responsive and sacrificial and confident. God's able to do it. And finally, that's a courageous faith. Hebrews eleven seventeen. it was by faith that Abram offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Isaac, the fulfillment of that promise, when he eventually came, and what a miracle that was when Sarah conceived and when a son was born, and this boy is growing up, and all these promises that God has made, they're all anchored in this one life of Isaac. And then God says, take this life Isaac, and take him up to the top of Mount Moriah, and make a sacrifice there, and lay him on the top, and sacrifice the life of your son for me. I don't know about you. I don't think I could have done that. I have one daughter. And I don't think I could do that. But Abraham's faith in God was so strong that because against all the human odds, God had given him a son supernaturally. Isaac was there. He believed if God required the life of Isaac of him, then God would give him the life of Isaac back again after death. There's a foreshadowing of resurrection just in, in that. 
you know, if God provided this son and he requires him of me, then he will give him back to me again, even though the world says couldn't possibly be so. I mean, no wonder Abraham is described as the father of faith. I mean, absolutely remarkable that he is the father of faith. Hebrews eleven seventeen tells us, Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac's the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead, the measure of his courageous faith. Times when your faith and my faith is really severely tested, just as Abram's faith was. <clears throat> Please don't think that Abram got it right all the time, because if you read the story of Abraham, you know that he got it wrong quite often, <laughs> and he failed quite often. But his life is an inspiring example and challenge to us of what the faith of enterprise is all about. It's not just saying you believe but it's actually trusting completely that all God asks of you and requires of you, He will work in and through that for His glory and for your blessing and benefit. That's Abraham. What a challenge. A response of faith that says yes to God a sacrificial faith that puts God first in everything, a confident faith that rests in God's ability to fulfill His promises, and a courageous faith that staked everything on God when the chips were down. May you and I have that kind of faith. Don't you want it? Don't you long for it? Don't you desire to have faith such as Abraham had? May God make it possible in each of our lives. Amen.